Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. The Tribe Called Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz. Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Ow! Hello, and welcome to the Talk House Podcast. I'm executive editor Josh Modell. This week's episode has its origins about three years ago at a musical gathering in Berlin called the People Festival, which was dreamed up by Bon Iver's Justin Vernon and the Nationals' Desner Brothers. Now, this is far from a traditional summer gathering with sun and bands and beer. Instead, it gathers 100-plus musicians and artists for a week to just kind of see what happens. They meet, they collaborate, they perform sets that have never been seen before and will never be seen again. Jenny Lewis and Serengeti, separately of course, got the call to participate in 2018, and it's exactly the kind of coming together that probably wouldn't have happened without that weird circumstance. Lewis is of course best known as the singer of Rilo Kiley for a string of awesome solo albums and as one-third of the Postal Service. Serengeti is a Chicago rapper with a deep, almost imposing catalog. Last year alone, he released three full-length albums, including one called With Greg from Deerhoof, which, as you can probably guess from the title, is a collaboration with the Deerhoof drummer, a TalkHouse podcast alumni himself. Anyway, Jenny and Serengeti, she calls him Dave during the chat, which is good because that's his name. They kept in touch, and at some point he asked her to send him not one song to rap over, but seven. Why not? Shoot for the moon. So she created the music and he supplied the raps. She produced, sometimes while in the bathtub, and has even been making videos for each track. So far they've released just two, Unblue and Vroom Vroom, and they're both great. Unlike anything, either might have done alone, a true collaboration. They chatted here from their respective homes in L.A. and Chicago, and the conversation moves from talk about working together to all kinds of other fun stuff, including Neil Young, classic cars, and a very mysterious encounter with Mr. Peanut. Enjoy it. Wow, uh, look at the, the nice field behind you. It's pretty impressive. All the sunlight. I've been putting piles of bird seed out there just like throughout the yard. And I want the birds to come, but just the squirrels have taken over. So it's just like a squirrel zoo enclosure back there. And, and I give them handfuls of seeds and they're just, they're everywhere. Squirrels. And, and you want to see like blue jays and cardinals and wrens and stuff, right? Is that what you're looking for? or something else? Are you trying to get something else over there? Yes, Dave, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for cardinals, mostly. Cardinals? And, yeah. and blue jays, yeah. And every time I see a cardinal out here, which I've seen a couple, I think of the the cardinals. And like Bill Murray's quote about them being the Satan's messengers. Now, every, every time I see the bird, I'm like, look, it's Satan's messenger. What city do you ever go back repeatedly? and like, you know what? I, I think I could live here. I think I could live here, you know? Well, I have a couple of epitaph ideas floating around. One of them is, uh, it's almost Christmas, which I think would be fun if you're yes. cruising around the cemetery and you're like, oh, it's almost, it sure is almost Christmas. And then one of my other choices was, I could probably live here. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's <laughs> pretty, well. It, am I glitching out? It's pretty amazing that we've managed to record like six songs with our technical <laughs> abilities. 
You know how you do the antiquing and it's such a little neat thing. You drive 85 miles down a dusty desert road and, you, you, and you're so excited during the trip and like, oh, I wonder what they're going to have. And could this be the day that you bring back that haunted little jewelry box? You know what I'm saying? And you unleash a mystery to your existence, which you wish you wouldn't have got it, but it made for a good story. Years ago, I got to open for Neil Young okay. uh, in San Diego. And he's a huge train enthusiast and owns actually part of the Lionel train company. Okay. And I had met him once before and we talked a little bit about trains. And so when I opened for him, I was like, I'm going to get him a really cool car yes. to go on his train set. And so I went to this little train shop in Burbank and talked to these old school train guys. And I found the coolest, rarest thing and yeah. gave it to Neil. And he was just so stoked. <laughs> That's a great gift. He was so stoked. And it was so cool to just get a little info. I love antiquing because I just go and talk to all these people about their stuff. And I they're heard. like these historians who just tell you about this weird stuff. And you're like, wow, yeah. I did, didn't know about that. But right. now we That's know. That's really cool. Do, do you remember like what kind of car it was? And also when you were talking to these people, what's the most coveted train car? Like out there, like, you know, the Mazda RX-7, you know. <laughs> I love classic cars. I had a 64 Chevy Malibu that I had to sell for real cheap. It's my only regret in life is selling this uh, Malibu. Right. And so I thought I was like a Chevy all the way kind of like muscle car. That's how I identify. I right. like Chevy, you know. Right. And, but we've been talking about cars. Mm. And click forward to like the cars that we grew up with. I want to find the 91 Maxima with only 13,000 miles on it. And I want to like redo the interior and drive it around. And someone says, hey, is this a Maxima? You know? <laughs> and, and I want to take off the seatbelt, you know, the, the automatic seatbelt. And that's my classic. The yeah. automatic seatbelt is actually a lifesaver. Someone just told me a story about getting into a head-on collision with a UPS truck. Okay. In one of those cars, in a Toyota with the automatic seatbelt, and it saved his life. Because he wasn't going to wear his seatbelt anyway? Or no, the, no. Mm -hmm. He's not like a, you know, seatbelt wearer. He's not a seatbelt wearer. Okay. Are you a seatbelt wearer? I mean, you, everybody's a seatbelt wearer. I mean, that's like, okay. it's like saying, do you roll up your windows? Or do you always <laughs> keep them down? <laughs> I didn't think that those existed anymore. Like... I remember like people used to litter a lot, like driving down the street and it was just pretty common to roll down your windows and throw out like a McDonald's bag. Like, do you, do you recall those days when oh, it was yeah. common? Now it's not so common. Like if you're with somebody and they do that, it's really strange. The same thing with somebody without the seatbelt, like dog, it's beeping. You, you hear the car beeping for so long. <laughs> just put on your seatbelt, man. The car is beeping. Like what's, what's shaking? Litter bugs. <laughs> That's a tough thing to wrap your head around. If someone's a litter bug and, and like you don't know it and then you find out, it it may be a deal breaker. So you're on a date, someone litter bugs, deal breaker. Is it a deal breaker if somebody eats the whole apple? You mean eats the apple and throws that out the window? I think no, that's okay. That's organic no, eat, matter. No, eats the apple and then also eats the core of the apple. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Who does that? I've never. I'm just. I just met girl. Everything was going so well, except man, he except he ate the whole apple. You're like, girl, you can't, you can't, you can't judge people by that. So what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm being judgy. Now listen, let me ask you a question. When when you were growing up, because maybe I want to get you a present. What were there any coveted toys that that that, that you remember? in your, in your wee childhood, like, oh my gosh, if I could just get this, I think everything would be okay. And you never got. Oh, you never got it. You never got it, Jay. What did you want? Did you know, like, oh man, I really wanted jacks growing up, but I never had jacks. (laughs) I just wanted a jump rope. Well, Dave, I yes, had ma'am. I had a sort of psychedelic moment with a Mr. Peanut uh, when I was a child in a, some sort of convenience store where they also sold toys. And I have a very vivid memory of seeing this Mr. Peanut doll on the shelf and having the Mr. Peanut sort of communicate something to me. Wow. I wish I could remember what he said or what I thought he said, but it felt like oh, a man. prophetic thing. Wow. So now whenever I see Mr. Peanut, I have this strange memory of this experience. Just say it. Please <laughs> tell me. Please. Please tell me. <laughs> Jay, that could be the hook for song seven. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll, it'll change everything. That is pretty pretty insane. So I, I take it there was nothing. Pound puppies, you know, cabbage patch dolls. You had it all. You had it all. My godfather, who was sort of like the guy hanging around when I was growing up and uh, he would every Christmas or every Hanukkah, he would say, I know this little girl and she's not as smart as you and she's not as cool as you but I want to get a, a Hanukkah gift for her. So we're going to go to Toys R Us. And can you pick out the gift for this little girl who isn't as smart as you, but have pity on her. Help me to pick out a gift for her. And in, in exchange, you can get a finder's fee gift for yourself of lesser value. Right, right, right. So I would go into Toys R Us and pick out the thing that I thought this little girl would like. And then I would get a little finder's fee on the way out, you know, or garbage pail kids or whatever. Yeah. Come to find out when Hanukkah would roll around and the gifts were wrapped for me, both gifts would be for me. Oh, that's really sweet. I like that story. It's like a total eighties movie. Yeah. Yeah. But then you, you, you turn a certain age and you caught on. She's like, she wants money. (laughs) (laughs) she wants weed but see but you have that whole yard which i know behind you you do yoga in the morning like with the sun you bring you know and you rise the sun with your positions because because you're very fit you've been exercising the whole thing that this has been going down and you've had the quite the commitment and it really shows on your spirit and your physicality and you should be very proud of what you've done well, thank you, Dave, but I have to be honest in that I don't go outside ever. I I have never been out there 
I do spread the seeds around for the birds slash squirrels, but that then I run inside. And uh, so I don't want you to think of me in a, you know, sort of more blissed out state. Not that I'm not blissed out, but I'm inside. You're inside, but uh, anyway, so, so what's, uh, what's shaking? Uh, I still have to, to finish that one thing. I just been in a, in a dead zone as far as trying to do anything. Oh yeah. You're supposed to send me the uh, adult version, it our latest work. song. What do it you mean doesn't. it doesn't work? The adult version is too adult. It's too like, you know, the whole thing with the yellow eyes and what have you done to RJ? It's, it's really that one. Let you me honor the, you. Wasn't the, the hook, let me honor you? Let me honor you. You know, what a what a beautiful thing to say. Do you mind if I honor you? Dude. Uh get out right now. Uh excuse me. And and as you say, excuse me, the eyes turn yellow. Do you mind if I honor you? <laughs> what? What do you mean by that? Let me ask you again. Do you mind if I honor you? <laughs> so I well, I'd like to hear the verse because uh, as okay. we've gone through this process, mm-hmm. it's been fun to like have the the keeper verse that ends up being the keeper, but you will send like four other options. Well, okay, but I don't want you to think differently if you haven't already thought differently because. This is very, very erotic. <laughs> so let me ask you this question, Jay, for a free shirt. Oh, okay? gosh. You ready? Okay. Please. All right. Name five Bruce Willis films. Five? Okay. Uh, Die Hard. Uh, oh, hold on. Pardon, pardon me, pardon me. To stop Pulp you. Fiction. But, 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 you, but you can't say Die Hard 1, 2, 3, obviously. Okay, Die Hard. Okay, that's uh, one. Uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. Okay, that's two. Um, Bruce. And there's a small time limit between each each answer. I can't do it, Dave. I I'm terrible at trivia. I'm, I'm okay. I'm schwitzing right now. You got me schwitzing. All right, no problemo. I'll just keep the shirt. If I told you that he was in a movie called Ghost. Would that ring a bell for true or false? True, true. No, no, no. That's false. Six cents. Sorry. Oh, false. Yes. See? True, true. True for six cents, false for ghost. Oh, ghost is uh, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah. This is sort of out of my realm. Like, I, you could ask me about any kind of weird uh, 90s indie film. or But don't quiz me on it. Oh, okay. But like I I, any sort of big blockbuster, I've never seen Star Wars. Never seen Star Wars. No. What about Star Wars Part Five? Did you see that one? <laughs> no. No. Wow, that's pretty odd. Yeah, I'm one of those like I've never seen Star Wars people. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. The Matrix. I don't know. Maybe I saw it. I, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, I got to send you this whole eroticism version. <laughs> As I wait for part six, and we have a, a a song from our collaboration, which started by a meeting in Berlin, and it was fun to meet, and I'll never forget that time, and it was fun, and we just got on thick as thieves, as they say, and we walked around, and we had jokes, and it was fun, 
And now, due to this, it enabled us to do some stuff together. Dave, should we give a little context on like what we were doing in Berlin? Okay. Because we can say, you know, oh, we met in Berlin, but but we met uh, at a music festival. Yes. In Berlin in the summer of 2018. A great a great time. Go ahead, please. Maybe the best time we'll ever have. Ever. Maybe the best time of my life. And I wish if there were Groundhog Days were true, I'd go back to that. Me too. That would be the time period that, that I would go back to. And I would do it a little bit different, but not really. I felt so shy. I've never felt so shy since junior high. Honestly, like having to, you know, like that feeling in like the seventh grade. Yeah. Or when you're going, like when I was a kid, it was K through six, and then you graduated and went to seventh grade. So like okay. when you get to seventh grade on the first day, you're the littlest kid there. Yeah. And it's just, it's terrifying. And honestly, I felt that way when I got to Berlin. It's like hundreds of artists, yeah, uh, like, you know, Justin Vernon, The National, yeah. uh, like all of these European singers and songwriters and dancers yeah. and trombonists and yeah. uh, like true art camp. Right. And I felt so, I was so scared. Right, right. And I just come off of a European tour, you know, doing my thing, but to be like in this environment, uh, I was really afraid. And, uh, and then I met you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we piled around. It was piled just around. very easy. I feel like. Yeah, it was fun. It was kind of like, you know, school lunch vibes, you know, where like you like sit down next to someone. You're like, oh, hey, how's it going? It was like a really special time. I don't know really who paid for the whole experience because someone footed the bill for us all to like eat and drink for a week plus and live and create and Whoever it was collectively, thank you so much because that was a really, uh, really special experience. I've done like three projects, four projects now from people that I met in um, at, at that thing. So really, really, really good time. Really appreciate it. It was so nice to hang out and we got to do so much, the dinners and the chatting and you played a little ping pong, little, 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 little table tennis. And then Dave, I, you hit me up and you, you didn't ask for one song. I, I think you asked for like seven, You're like, yo, Jay, send me like seven tracks, like whatever it is, just your piano or guitar. Just like, I need seven songs. Yeah. And I was like, seven, mm-hmm. seven. seven, that's a lot. But the reason why is because you were playing all these chords uh, in your in your pad before, and you're just playing these things out of nowhere, and just beautiful chords. I'm like, just send me seven of those. <laughs> it seems so easy for you, you know, just these chord things. It's like because I was trying to do that this thing I wanted to do. So seven, just I mean, I could have asked for ten. You could have. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I guess, do you have the ability to create chords for yourself or music? Or are you totally reliant on music coming in for you to write over? No, uh, 
I make my, my own stuff, but I like to do collaborations better. So it's more fun. More fun. And, you know, to work with some really good people. I do think it gives you a chance to talk to someone like my friendships through music. Yeah. So I, I asked you for the music and then one day you sat down and you made me the beat and that was the blue. And then it just continued from there. I think I started working on it in March mm-hmm. and, uh, and I kind of discovered through the, process through the six or seven songs that is it and is it going to be seven in the end by the way are we on song no we're on song six currently okay Okay. so we're getting close yeah we're on song six currently and uh hopefully if mr peanut speaks to you and says that phrase then boy i tell you would that be great imagine that what did he say what did mr peanut say to me We're going to have to find out. And now we have the second song coming out. And it's a short little number. But I was listening to the 60s radio station. And I heard a song that they said was the shortest number one song in history. It was like a minute and something long. And I forgot the name. Mm. So I say all that to say, pardon? Can you hum a few bars? I I totally forgot it. But if I knew it, then you would definitely recognize it. I just, I just, <clears throat> my memory shot from something as close as yesterday. So, with that, we have a song and it should be fun. And I like that you produced the stuff and you send me the beats and you're mm-hmm. a beat maker and you send me the stuff and it's fun. How long, baby? I've been climbing mountain to your heart. I could have sworn I saw a diamond shine in the dark for you. So that first song, I think now now that we're working on this, uh, I don't know if it's our final song, but it's it's the latest song that we're working yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think in a way we're trying to get back to the spirit of the first song, which was like very romantic, sort of like uh, Serge Gainsbourg, and yeah, and uh, so I think we're right. We're kind of getting into that character, thus. Your initial pass, which is super awesome, it's called Chew. But then I asked you to kind of try something else, and then you wrote this very erotic version, which you have yet to send to me. So getting back to the erotic, Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear it personally. Is it like erotic in like a don't fight the feeling kind of like sense or like a... Oh, it's more like uh, I'm... Like I'm like I'm gonna honor you, and make sure that um, uh, I want to honor you and and make sure that your roommates. No 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 no, I have exact lyrics too. Hold on a second. Uh, honor you and make sure that your roommates see some. Uh, close your eyes. It's dude. I just have to send it to you and listen. I don't want to send it to you, but I'm but I'm but I'm gonna send it to you. I love that beat. It's so romantic. The new one? Really, yeah, it's just like the unblue. 
So if that song says you start with this one and then you then you finish, then, then you bookend it with this one. It's really nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, it's very romantic. I found a, a, a kind of like synth string patch on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was on I, your phone, of course. Yes, it's really cool. Oh, yeah. I make 100% uh, of this stuff on my phone, including the videos. It's really, so, it's really cool. Which is why... Cause I can, it's so portable. I can like edit in the bath or like. Ooh, that's romantic. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I'm like in the bath <laughs> editing. And, and, and so you go to the phone shop, like, dude, another one. Yeah. I need another phone. <laughs> I need another phone, please. You've gone through nine phones. <laughs> they're like, they're like, ma'am, you know, we have a waterproof version. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> process <laughs> that's really cool man I, I i don't know how you do that but i, I don't even want to know but it's just the it's so portable that i can work on stuff anywhere at any time but it's very small an iphone is pretty small so navigating through uh you know like bass parts or string arrangements like, you know, on, on the phone, on GarageBand, it's like strings of a bass guitar or like a, a, you know, Middle Eastern instrument or like an Asian instrument, like a stringed. And then you pick the key and then you actually play the strings on the on the phone. And the smaller the instrument, the smaller the phone, the more, you know, sort of wonky it is but you kind of have to be so precise with like these little moves but but I'm finding that I I've always heard uh really uh just bass lines that aren't limited to what I can actually play on the real bass which is like pretty simple sort of like indie rock style picking Mm -hmm. bass but I've always heard these melodic parts and I can actually play them on my phone on the strings on the phone, I can like rip these patterns that I wouldn't be able to do on an actual bass guitar. Wow, that's really impressive. That sounds like fun too. Oh yeah, and it just eats up hours and hours. I mean, this whole year, it's just playing weird bass parts over and over on my phone in the bath. (laughs) bath I like it. Bath is cold. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Like the whole end part, of the chew is just amazing when when you bring bring in that weird line like right at the end the last 20 seconds like of the tune you know what i'm talking about yeah i just i i mean that's just it's so strange to me the whole do you want to do you want a back massage in my garage dolphin (laughs) sex want to see my chest want to see the rest part i just love it (laughs) that's so I mean, that's so funny. Uh, no, a body massage in my garage. <laughs> that's funny to me, man. Do you want a body massage in my garage? Come on. Do you remember that dude, uh, MC Paul Barman? I talked to Paul. Paul Paul just texted me today. No way. I'm a huge fan of his. And the way you just did the cadence of that line reminded me of my favorite of Paul Barman's lines, which is, Will Amazon.com be around when your grandma's gone, mom? (laughs) (laughs) Who who cooks for you? Who cooks for you? (laughs) 
That's funny you mentioned Paul. He just texted me today. It's really oh, cool. Oh, I love Paul. I'll tell him. Please That's do. really cool. Amazon.com. Do you want to, yeah. Want a body massage in my garage. Dolphin sex. Want to see my chest. Want to see the rest. It's, it, it's not as good as Paul's, but it just keeps going. I like that. So let me just let me let me ask you a question. You 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 you've been to Europe. You've seen the European cities that uh, you're like. You know what? I think I can do it. I think I can learn uh, Hungarian. No, don't tell Europe. But I don't want to live there. Okay. <laughs> I'm not one of those like. Let's go to the Swiss Alps or you know. Let's go hang out and yeah, uh, the Netherlands or. Uh, I'm happy to go tour and do my job over there, but really, I have to say, I don't want to live anywhere but America. Okay. Is this controversial? Are you allowed to say this right now? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. No. <laughs> I love living in, in the States. It's like, I'm obsessed with touring in the States. I'm obsessed with this country. I love it. And it's, fun to go abroad. Like when I was 16, I got a backpack and like a Eurorail pass. You did. Oh yeah. That's like, like a movie too. Man. It was, it was crazy. I, uh, I met this girl from Boston who, who was visiting Paris and we became friends and she was obsessed with Lou Barlow. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to only hip hop at the time. Mm -hmm. And she like hipped me to indie rock, like Sebado. Mm -hmm. And she had a little cassette player and it was like all the stuff I'd never heard. And she's like, come with me to Amsterdam. Wow. Let's take the train to go see Sebado. And we rolled to Amsterdam and somehow we got hooked up with this comedian. Uh, I'm not going to name his name, but he was like this kind of you know, maybe it was like in his mid twenties, kind of gritty comedian at the time. And somehow we got hooked up with this dude and through a series of events, like we actually didn't have a place to stay. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up sleeping in the hallway of this uh, comedian's hotel. And my friend Nancy was like off looking for Sebado. And it was like this incredible Weird experience. I was actually 17, 17 years old, not 16, but. And, and uh, you had a giant book bag too. Huge backpack, huge. No, that's a great story. Yeah. It, like adventures of, of, of your time that you would, they, they were just normal. And as you grow up, you're like, wow, that, that was crazy. That was crazy. And uh, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. Hopefully one day you'll be able to go back on the road. It go go up and down the road with your people, do your shows. I mean, it seems so remote. Just like it's so hard to imagine. I, this year, it, it it's been so dense. So much has happened. I think we're sport, like processing this stuff, and so much is happening every day. I just can't imagine what a year from now will look like if anyone's even going to want to. Go. Emerge or yeah, just yeah. And I think you know, I think I like it inside a little bit better. <laughs> you know, I'll just stay inside. I don't, I don't do anything, so I have no excuses to not send you this song, eroticism. And um, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
the fight that we went to in Vegas oh my God together that was so much fun uh what was that fight by the way it was it was Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz too yep and I have all these pictures of you from the moment that Deontay Wilder knocked him out. You had this look of amazement in your face. And boy, and boy, oh boy, I was going to pace them. And I was like, nah, you know, I don't know how you feel about that. People posting, pasting and tagging you. I know, I don't know if that annoys you or not, but I was going to do it. I had a whole thing. I was going to wish you happy birthday on your birthday. And I had this whole thing. Wait, what was I talking about? Oh, the fight. Yes, it was Deontay Wilder versus uh, Luis, Luis Ortiz at the MGM Grand, which was just amazing. It's amazing. Which And was that your first uh, fight? It was my first, no, my second fight that I had ever gone to, but the first one that I really went to. It, like That was in Vegas. It was a dream of mine to go to Vegas for the big fight. And that was so much fun. And that was pretty recently, right? Was that uh, 20? Was that 2018 or 2019 or 2020? I can't quite recall. Maybe it was 2020 or end of uh, 2019. Maybe end of 2019. But just to be in a room like that, you know, just among all those people. I mean, it's, it's really one of the most fun things you can do is to go to a fight. I mean, like the energy in the room and just the feeling in there, it's, it's like nothing else. I was just starting to get into boxing because I was having a hard time sleeping and I'd just be up all night just like watching YouTubes. And I think I saw like 24-7 and like the Gaddy Ward trilogy. And then I just like reached out to my friend whose family member worked at HBO Boxing and he gave me the tickets to that fight. And I went with my sister and I was still not sleeping very well. So it was like a weird trip and we shared a room and we had never gone on like a girl trip together. Aside from when my dad was really sick in the hospital before he passed away, we went on a, so this was the second trip we'd been on together. And I had done a little research on Chavez Jr. And I was like, I had all these preconceived ideas because of 24 seven. I was like, oh, this kid. He isn't really training. He's like a partier. He's like a rich kid. And I remember kind of thinking like, ah, you know, whatever, like this guy. And then being so impressed with him. You know, he, he, it was a great fight. It was amazing. He, Martinez was knocked out. He won the fight. But like, it was just the moment where you're like, oh, this guy that I thought I didn't like, I actually really like in this moment. And wait, wait, were you talking about Chavez Jr. versus Sergio? Martinez, is that the fight you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, Chavez lost the fight. Yeah. Okay, he gotcha, gotcha. Fight. He yes, lost yes. the fight, but he, it was a great fight in like the 11th and 12th. Gotcha, was gotcha, like, gotcha. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. He lost it, but he, it was a great fight and it was yes. so exciting. And so the, exciting. the feeling in that space, it was like my sister and I were just like ecstatic. It was like, it's the closest we've ever been in that, in that moment. Uh. And simultaneously, we were staying at the MGM Grand, which mm -hmm. that night, the uh, Canelo-Lopez fight was happening on the same night. Mm -hmm. So all of Vegas was just bo boxing fans. Oh. And 
everywhere you went, it was just like that fight was happening. The other fight, it was just all boxing people. And we went back to the hotel and Canelo was there, like, you know, taking pictures, you know, doing the thing. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. So, so then to come back, however many years later, eight years when Mm -hmm. we were at the MGM Mm -hmm. for the fight, how cool. Yeah, it's really good, man. I love, I just love boxing like that. Just so exciting. That's really cool. And that was in Vegas. And and uh, you drove there because I because I know last time you 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 flew to Vegas. You you yeah. flew to Vegas on a was that a private plane? You were taking private planes. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. No, no. There's this like a uh, travel hack out of Burbank Airport. Okay. Where for the same price of like a upgraded JetBlue flight, you can fly on a little plane out of like a private part of Burbank to gotcha. Vegas, but it's like the same price, but you just have to know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you feel like so baller. Like you roll yeah. up and you like valet your car. At the, you yeah, know, you're just, like, oh yeah, just valet the car. It was all fight fans on the plane. Everyone was like just talking about boxing. And, and I'm, I love boxing. I'm really bad at retaining any sports names or info. Like I didn't grow up watching sports, so I don't have the capacity to like, remember so-and-so from the Browns or, so it's like, uh, yeah, but like the experience is just so good. Did uh, you watch Wonder Woman? No. Uh, you don't do that type, you know, you don't do no. films like that. You do important thing like reading. You're reading a lot of Henry Miller. I remember no. in Berlin. What? Oh. I, I thought you had a whole Henry Buller, uh, all these Henry Miller books folded in your pocket. <laughs> not true. Do not spread this rumor. All right. Listen, I don't want to spread any slander. So you can edit this out. That did not happen. <laughs> she was not carrying around a Henry Miller book. I was just making that up. Is that good? I only listen to books. I don't read. I listen to audiobooks. And Ooh. the last book that I listened to it in its entirety was the Dapper Dan oh, uh, yes. autobiography. That was, was a while ago. You were doing that when you were watching the boxing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. There's nothing like a good audiobook to really get you going. Yeah, right now I'm listening to uh, the making of Chinatown. And so it's all about uh, the writing of the movie and Polanski. And it's really interesting. Oh, yeah. I think you told me something about that. Great book. Can you say, I, if you listen to an audiobook, do you have to say, oh, I listened to that book? Or do you say, I read that book? Uh, I think the appropriate, I think you say that you heard the book. Oh, I heard that book. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you say you heard it. I, cause you can't really say you read it. And I don't think that you could say, listen to sounds a little bit. I like heard better. I heard the book. The last one I did was the American Kingpin. Boy, that moved that, that one was incredible. Oh, and then prior to that, I did the, uh, the one that's now an HBO series, the flight attendant. Oh, but the the American Kingpin, amazing. Was that about like the New York 
kind of the, did that have some crossover with the Harlem? No, it was about the guy who did uh, Silicon. Sorry. Uh, oh my gosh. It was about fella Ross who did the um, Dread Pirate Scott who did oh. the Silk Road, the Silk Road. Oh, oh, I want to read that. Oh, I mean, I want to hear that. You want to listen to it. Yes, man. I want to hear that. It oh, was so I love good. That stuff. Love it. We drove across country. It was uh, from Seattle to Chicago. And that, I could not wait to get in the car because the people that read it did an amazing job. And that matters, Jay. You can try to do other books. And if the reader is not, you know, doesn't do the right pauses or whatever, come on now. This one will get you going and keep you going. Seriously. If you want to take a drive, listen. I thought about this. We take a long drive to Alaska, just you and I. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. But listen, besides from that, I'm supposed to do a concert, 40 minutes, right? 40 minutes film. You film it any way you want. You film it any way you want. So you don't even yeah. have to, it's, there's low risk, 40 minutes. Yeah. You being the whiz on the computer, whiz on your phone, Whiz with editing and audio files, making them sound good. Why don't you do the thing? 30, 40 minutes, that's all you got to do. We can share a profit, 95.5. And, <laughs> and it'll, you know what I'm saying? Wait, are, you, really, are you saying, is this a Serengeti performance or is this a, is this a joint performance? I mean, we could do our songs for the thing. It only has to be 40 minutes. Can it be 30 minutes? Because our songs are about two minutes each and we have about six. So you do the math. Unless well, we want to cover uh, Don't Steal My Sunshine by Len. I mean, you just gave away the whole set. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, uh, 35, six, extend some things, do... Do something again, just in a different key. <laughs> no, but we have to do the playback. Mm. Oh, no, do, no, no, no. We, you could do unblue. Oh, we could do unblue like four times, like watch the throne style, but like the mellowest song over and over again. That's like not a hit. Or just have segments where we're just sort of just sitting there. Oh, Artie. You want to do like an Artie, Artie. thing. Yeah. Remember, it's just 40 minutes long. That's all it is, is 40 minutes song. How about 30? That wouldn't be contractually what it is. You busy? But anyway, it has to be due on February 24th. And I figure you could drive up here and pick me up. Then we can drive down and listen to an audio book. And then you can drive me back and, and that'll be enough time to finish the audio book. Wait, Feb 2-4? That, that's just around the corner. So what's the answer then? Uh, what's the audio book that we're um, going to listen to? There's a lot of them to choose from. I can have that all worked out. But you have that pickup, you know? And I always wanted to feel the wind in the back. You know? Yeah, I'm renting that a pickup truck. It's it's great. It's a Chevy Colorado 2020. Yeah. It's un, It's the best car I've ever driven. Seriously. It's so fun. It's fun to drive. Is this is this stick shift? No, it's it's automatic, but it's like super. I appreciate that the seatbelt. And by the way, I wear my seatbelt. 
Of course like, you, everybody wears their seatbelt. Some people don't. Let me just I don't you. buy it. I don't buy do. it. No so, way. Yes, it's kind of a kind of a libertarian thing. Like it's my right to, you know, I'll oh. I'll decide if I want to wear my seatbelt or not. Gotcha. But there's that annoying beeping now. So they don't really let you relax into like not wearing your seatbelt and like making your choice. It's like beep, beep, beep. But the Chevy, it doesn't beep consistently. It gives you four beeps. It gives you time to like, oh, I'm going to put on my seatbelt and roll. It doesn't like beep continuously, which I, I was thinking about it. Like, is that because it's a truck? Why should I have to wear my seatbelt? Yeah, I mean, I see, I, I don't even think that complicatedly of it. Uh, back back in the days, like all the cool kids would not wear their like seatbelt. They were just you know the cool kids. Like I'm cool, but it was always in my head. Like that was the first thing that you do. I just don't feel comfortable when I'm in a vehicle without the seatbelt. So when seatbelts became in fashion more, I was I'm like I'm I was already there. You know, that's a good thing to do. Like drink water. Like wear your seatbelt. Uh, get some rest. But don't freak out. No, do you remember how hot the uh, seatbelts used to get in the summer? They'd be so hot, they'd burn you. Like the metal part? You're like, ah, ah, ah. Yes. Like, like was that a thing for you? Like, but you, but you grew up in Cali, so it didn't really get as hot as Chicago. Uh, it got pretty hot in Van Nuys. But not like muggy hot, but just not like, like you know, hot. 105 yeah. and like totally smoggy. But it's 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 a bit. Mm, I, I think it's better than the heat, the oppressive Chicago wet heat sometimes. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't want to compare it. You know, we're gonna have you're a Valley girl. You know, you're a Valley girl. I remember you told me that you had the the Chevrolet Rabbit and you wore the sweaters. And you said, "Gag me with the spoon." Like all those phrases are from where you're from. That is amazing to me. Oh yeah, that. I'm just like epicenter of the Valley Girl speak. That's really cool, man. It's a whole deal. There's a whole thing with like cleaning the cat box. That was part of the Valley. Like, like, oh my God. Uh, Egg me with a spoon. Uh, don't make me clean the cat box. <laughs> I love it. What does that mean? I have no idea. Uh, uh, tell me some more. Uh, so my my sister is a little bit older than me. And so she's like more in the, in the era of the Valley girl. The, actual, right. the movie right. came out right. when she was in high school. Right. Right. And, and so our dad lived in Alaska in Anchorage. What? Wow. And, and so we would go to visit him and there's a place called the Matanuska Valley, okay. which had a genius idea for the radio station to have my sister come in because she was from the San Fernando Valley, the actual wow. valley. So and that's sort of, the epicenter, is the San Fernando. The that's, San Fernando Valley. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So they wanted a cop, you know, like the Frank Zappa feel, and they had my sister come in and do a spot for the local radio station. And she wow. was a Matanuska Valley girl. And she's like, oh my God, like gag me with like a, you know, bear claw. Thanks so much to Jenny Lewis and Serengeti for joining the TalkHouse podcast this week. You can hear two of their tracks on your favorite streaming services, and there are many more to come. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to the TalkHouse podcast and find us on all your social media at TalkHouse. 
This episode was produced by Kevin O'Connell, and as always, the TalkHouse theme was composed and performed by The Range. I'm Josh Modell. See you next week.